Imagine being in a zone of peacefulness with your money. Pretty dreamy, right? In episode 112, Jason Silverberg will share with you how to reach this state of financial flow. Let me tell you, it's that good. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. You are here. I am here and I have to say, I am stoked about today's episode. It's crazy how I started this podcast to help you and how much I personally continue to learn myself from you, from my guests, whether my guests are just sharing their stories or even have a financial background. And today's episode is no exception. Today, you will learn the money themes that our guest observed through his parents' divorce and how it impacted him. You'll also learn what financial flow is and why it's critical to your financial success. And he's going to share three key money tips to consider when going through a divorce and three types of insurance you cannot ignore. Let me share with you a little bit about Jason. Jason Silverberg specializes in compressive financial planning. His practice aims at helping families, divorcees, and small business owners fit their financial pieces together to create financial freedom. He uses a values-based process, which I absolutely love to connect with his clients on a deeper level than other advisors, diving into the why behind the numbers. Gotta love that, right? He focuses on helping clients achieve and protect their goals through methodical investment strategies, calculated risk management, and insurance solutions. Now, before we get into this interview, I do have to share with you some disclosures. Jason is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securing Financial Services, Inc., securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA slash SIPC. Financial Advantage Associates is independently owned and operated. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax slash legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and slash legal situation. Separate from the financial plan and our role as a financial planner, we may, that is meaning them, (laughs) recommend the purchase of specific investment or insurance products or accounts. These product recommendations are not part of the financial plan and you are under no obligation to follow them. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges, which may increase over time and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. Now now that we got those disclosures out of the way, let's go ahead and meet Jason. Welcome, Jason Silverberg, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks, Jen. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Well, I'm excited to get to know you and your story because you bring an interesting um, background. One, you're a certified financial planner, as we know uh, from those disclosures. And then uh, two, you have a story of where you saw your parents going through the divorce. So you have some experiences as far as how that impacted to them financially and how it impacted you as a child. So tell us a little bit about how you grew up around money and your money story. Sure. My pleasure. So I'm Jewish. And as every Jewish boy's rite of passage into manhood, they have a bar mitzvah. And for my bar mitzvah, my parents helped me take the gift money that I got from my family and friends and invest it. And they really were helping me guide me through the investing process and picking investments and mutual funds. And I thought that, you know what, this is, this is great. I love this. You know, I was making some good money. I bought my first car with my investment earnings in high school. And I thought to myself, this is great. Money is the end all be all. It's amazing. Around that time, my parents got divorced, as you said, and I realized that money wasn't as amazing as it was before. I saw that running two households and managing two different households with a budget is a lot different than one. And I saw that my mom struggled a lot as she went back to work to um, build her own retirement nest egg while also taking care of the house, while also trying to make sure my brothers and I, our bills were covered in college. So personally, it hits home pretty heavily that I definitely see that money can be a good thing to some people, but also a negative thing. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of mindset issues with money. And there's a philosophy where we call it the abundance mentality. And if you're coming at money with a scarcity mentality, then you're always going to be falling behind. And so I saw that evidenced with my parents and it was tough growing up in that household. Now, obviously, it, it, there's a lot of tougher households to grow up in. But in, in my experience, I saw money was a challenge for us. So I made it my life's mission to help people with their money, because I see that if with proper planning and a little bit of uh, homework, you can turn your, your mindset from a scarce mindset to an abundance mindset and really help you put you on the path to financial security. Awesome. Now, I love that that you brought up the having an abundant mindset to change it to, you know, with the planning and also being able to tweak that mindset, because that's something that a lot of us, well, I know personally, and my listeners know that I grew up around a scarcity mindset where I heard over and over and over again, we can't afford this, or we don't have the money uh, to this, do this and that. And it's something that if you aren't careful, that's some, that's a cycle that you repeat, <laughs> uh, and it, that you carry on into adulthood. And if you don't observe it and notice what you're doing, then therefore, once you, if you have kids and all that, then those kids are exposed to that. And they, you know, the, the cycle repeats again. So I'm glad that you brought that up as a financial planner and that you incorporate that uh, when working with uh, your clients. So from the impact of divorce, you saw that money became tough, uh, especially on your mom. Uh, your mom was building her retirement, was taking care of you. Uh, and you said you had a brother? 
I have two brothers. Or two brothers. And uh, what did you see, or if if you can talk about that, uh, on the other side, on your father's side? Uh, what kind of struggles did you see? So it was a little different because we weren't living with him full time, but I definitely saw my parents argue a lot more about money as it related to paying the bills and college expenses. And, you know, every time we would go out to dinner with my dad on Wednesday nights, they would always have an argument about money. So it definitely gave me a negative view on money. And it took a little bit of time for me to really understand and put it into perspective, both the positive experience that I had with money earlier in my life with the negative experience that I was having during my late teens and early 20s. And so after college, or during my college years, I actually was trying to figure out how to negotiate both of those experiences and really wanted to, I saw that while both my parents were kind of falling a little bit behind because they weren't coming at it together, I saw that just a little bit of extra planning, a little extra tweaking could really make a big impact. And there's a lot more personal stories that I can share, but one of the ones that stands out to me is when I first started in this business, my parents came to me asking me for help on how, because in their divorce agreement, without getting too personal, they were negotiating some financial aspects. And so they came to me as kind of a mediator early on in my career, and it was kind of a tough experience for me because I knew... I, I was kind of in the middle on the emotional side, so I kind of had to take myself out of that situation a little bit and really work on the numbers side. And it was definitely a tough experience, but I knew that I, could, I had the tools and my resource to really make a difference in both their lives. And then I realized that it wasn't just my parents that I wanted to help. It was a lot of other divorcees, women and men coming out of a divorce and helping to just make a small little tweaks here or there to really make a big impact. Right. Perfect. And as far as money messages, I know um, in growing up and seeing your parents going through the divorce, uh, you mentioned that uh, some of the messages you got were that money was a negative thing and it became a challenge. What other messages did you did you observe or did you hear something that got ingrained for you, either that you realized then or got then or maybe later on in life when you were in college or even got married that you had an aha moment of, oh, I didn't realize this came from then. Uh, this is some a theme or a message that you got. Are there any others? Yeah. So my grandfather uh, was a butcher, and he grew up in a very small town in Minnesota, in uh, Bovee, Minnesota. And his grand or his father actually was a founding member of the of the town, and they grew up in the Depression era with very little money, very poor, no resources. While they owned some land and some farm land, they were definitely well below uh, the average. Um, and so growing up in our household, I would always hear things like, don't take any wooden nickels. And 
keep every penny that you got because it's better in your pocket than in someone else's. And a lot of that has carried with me throughout my life. And now, as a father of two, I look back at some of the experiences that have shaped me to who I am, and I try and take the messages that my grandfather was really trying to tell me with his message there and, and trying to couch it in a way that's a little bit more appropriate for my generation, but also not coming at it from a scarcity mentality, uh, a coming at it from a gratitude mindset that, mm-hmm. you know, my kids, when we sit down and have dinner, we always talk about how, you know, if, hey, you left some food on your plate, not every kid in this world <laughs> has food to be able to have. And so we definitely talk about how there's other people in this world who are not as fortunate as we do that to have food on our tables. So instead of coming at it from a negative and and really uh, a scarcity mentality, coming at it from an abundance mentality and saying we're fortunate enough to have the abundance of of food on our table and that there are not of not many other people out there to be as fortunate. So, you know, we definitely talk about those types of things. Awesome. Now, let's talk about your book. How did your book come to be? And why did you write this book? What, what, what was so important to you uh, that you wrote this book? Yeah, so thank you for asking. So the, the financial planning puzzle is a culmination of 12 years of practical advice that I've given to tons and tons of clients and friends and family, hundreds of clients that I've worked with over the years, and I've distilled the best of that advice into this book. And the idea is it's, it's not the end-all be-all, it's not the silver bullet, but it's going to put you on a path to reaching financial freedom. And a lot of people look at financial planning and they sit back and they say, oh, it's just, it's overwhelming. There's too many things that competing for my money. I have to pay my debts. You know, I, 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 I'm trying to save for my retirement while I'm also trying to pay my bills and potentially put money away for college. And there's just so much going on. And so if we just take a look at it as a puzzle and we say, okay, when we, when we start to create a puzzle, you don't just go and do a puzzle. You, you dump the pieces out. You kind of organize yourself a little bit. You put some colors, like colors together. You maybe start at the corners, at the edges, because those are kind of the easy parts, and you look for the four corners. And then you also say to yourself, okay, well, what's the picture on the puzzle box look like? And so that's how we approach financial planning. You dump all of your financial uh, life out on a piece of paper. You figure out where you are today. You kind of try and create a strategy. You figure out what that vision of financial freedom looks like to you. That's the picture on the box. And then you create a strategy to really hone in on how do you do it. And the book is supposed to help you on your path to that financial freedom. So, yeah, it, it's definitely been a, a fun experience as I've written it over the last two years, and it just was released a couple months uh, ago. That's and, exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited. It hit a bunch of Amazon bestseller lists as well. So Woohoo! Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Congratulations. That's awesome. Now, you brought up a point that that struck me because I was guilty of this. You mentioned that it helps people, uh, and you also help people, not just the book, but when you help people, you really look at, you hone in at 
what does financial freedom look like? And I think that's so key and so important to bring up because one of the mistakes that I made, even when, you know, I grew up in a a household where it was a scarcity mindset, I knew I didn't want a lack of money. So I became this money hoarder. I was a good saver, but I called it a money hoarder because then I didn't want to spend it. And I was quote unquote good with money. I felt I was good with money. I had people asking me what I was doing. But one key thing that I knew I wanted it, you know, we wanted to get out of debt. I knew we wanted to set up ourselves for retirement because I was following what everybody said, you know, save more, get out of debt, all that stuff, spend less. But what I didn't do, and I suspect other people don't do because I see it when I coach uh, the ladies that I coach, is that they don't know what this financial freedom looks like, what they want it to look like. They, And I don't know if you see that as well. And I love that you hone in on that because I think it's just so critical and important that we t- we have that discussion, that we have the discussion with others. What does this look like? It's not about doing what we're quote unquote supposed to do and what it's right to do uh, by experts, but what does that look like for us? So I love that you actually, that you really hone in on that piece. Yeah, thanks. And, and one thing I want to add to that is, you know, they say that life isn't about the end, it's about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times financial planners uh, step into the pitfall that, we focus too much on the end. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Mm-hmm. What, you know, it's great to have a vision of what the end is going to look like, what retirement means to you, or do you want to save for 100% of your kid's college or whatever financial goal it is. And those are important but I also think it's the journey. And one thing that we stress and, and what I stress in the book on chapter one is all about is taking your vision for financial freedom and pairing that with your values of who you mm-hmm. are and your mindset and your attitudes towards money and, and what's most important to you and melding that with your actions, the habits that you take day in and day out. And if you put all those three things together, you're living a state of financial flow. Mm-hmm. And I coined that term financial flow. It's Have you ever heard of uh, being in the zone yep. or being mm-hmm. in a state of flow? Well, it's mm-hmm. a flow state. And so you could be in a flow state with your money. You can make sure that your vision for financial freedom, the values that you hold dear to you and who you are, and the habits and actions that you're taking are all in alignment and being mindful that the actions you're taking are actually leading you to a higher purpose and a bigger purpose. And you're going to start to see that happening, and you're going to feel good that things are moving in the right direction and that you're actually staying true to your habits and your planning. And that's going to create a feedback loop of success to give you more motivation to keep hitting your goals and fulfilling your your targets. And I think that is a really key point that a lot of financial planners overlook that it's, yes, it's about the goal of retirement or whatever it is, but it's also about the flow state or the journey along the way that that it took you to get there. I couldn't agree more because that's something that it's very important to me, especially seeing that I call it a mistake or whatever you want to call it early on, because that's what kept me stuck. Like there's one thing of uh, 
setting up these goals and, and, you know, working on them, but there it's another setting up the goals, getting that clarity of what that really means to you, why it's important to you. Cause I strongly believe when you have that, like what you were just speaking and you're in what you call the financial flow, you're going to be more consistent and you're going to have that success. I think even more quickly uh, than just setting up the goal and just saying, okay, I have to do this and that, because that's not exciting. What the exciting part is really what that means to you, the big why and, and why it's just so important to you. That's what's the the exciting part. So I absolutely love talking to a financial planner that is doing that. It just gets me excited. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. So tell me a little bit. So with the clients that you serve, I'm sure you serve those that are either going through or have gone through a divorce. So let's talk about uh, them. What are some key actions that someone who is going through a divorce or has gone through, what can they do? What are some key actions or the most top three or the top four actions that they can take or, or tips that they need to know to either gain control of their finances or just uh, maintain those finances under control if they're really good with money at the point? What would you say those are? Yeah, I think the first step that a lot of people overlook because they're so, it's such an emotional time and there's just so many things going on that people get distracted and just, they put their heads in the sand too much. And I think that if we just sit down, take a few moments, figure out where everything is, what everything is worth, and really create a one-page inventory of where all of your money is and how much money is coming in and how much money is going out, then you have at least a base level to start with. And we can't really figure out how to get to where we want to go without figuring out where we are now. Exactly. And I think that's the first key. And so I have a a one-page worksheet that I call the Personal Financial Inventory. And it's really just like in business, you have your assets and liabilities, and that's your net worth, and you have your income and expenses, and that's your net income. Same thing with your your business or your financial household. And so I can make that available to your audience, no problem. That would be great. Yeah. And then um, the second thing we got to do is figure out where we want to get to. You know, we already alluded to this, which is what is what are our goals? And, you know, I've met with so many divorcees who sit down and say, I just don't know. I mean, I I don't know what what should I be doing? I don't know what financial freedom looks like. I I can't even imagine what that is based on where I'm at now. I maybe I had a plan for financial freedom before and now it's just completely thrown off course. So maybe it's not the end all be all of, you know, retirement or uh, you know, being getting out of debt. Maybe it's just a couple little things. Maybe it's, hey, I just want to feel good about my money again. Or maybe it's, I, I just want to make sure that I'm aware of where all my money is going. And that, you know, I had one person sit down with me and sat, said to me, I just feel like I'm pouring water into a potted plant and the water just keeps going down. And I can never see where the water's going. And that's how she felt about her money. She just felt like money just comes in and goes out. She has no idea where money is going. And just the clarity of understanding where that money is going gave her complete confidence in moving forward. So I think those are a couple key areas. Um, One thing I definitely like to stress is insurance. 
we don't usually like to talk about that. You know, people focus more on investing and the, the fun stuff, so to speak. But insurance can be quite interesting for divorcees, too. There's a lot of things involved in it. Not to get too detailed, unless you want me to, life insurance is one where a lot of divorcees say, yeah, I don't really need any more life insurance because if I pass away, I don't want to protect my ex. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily about your ex. It's about your kids or mm-hmm. it's about your other heirs or charities that you're passionate about. And so life insurance is a great way to make sure that um, money continues uh, if you're not around. And, you know, we call it discounted dollars for future delivery. And so you're paying a small premium now and somebody's going to get that money one day. And so if you have children, you want to make sure you have life insurance. We always talk about cross-owning your life insurance on your ex. So you would own your life insurance on him and he would own his the life insurance on you. And that way you're in control of the premiums and you're in control of the beneficiary, which would be you, so that you don't have to worry that if he misses a payment that it messes you up a little. So there's that. And then now that you're a single sole breadwinner, if you go back to work or you're working full time, disability insurance is even more critical than ever. And a lot of people don't like to talk about this because they say, oh, yeah, disability, that'll never happen to me. And the likelihood of that happening, you know, is is negligible. Well, there's a 25% chance that you will be out of work for over 90 days during your working years. And so that's a big statistic. And a lot of companies will offer some group disability, but it's not nearly what you would need. And if you understood the disability program that they have, you'd, you'd be looking at yourself saying, there's no way I could pay my bills on, on that alone. So having some sort of supplemental disability is key. And then long-term care, that's another one. A lot of times, People who are in their 50s or 60s look at long-term care and say, well, I don't really need the insurance because my spouse will take care of me or family will take care of me and I have assets. Well, now that you're divorced, you might not have as much assets because you split them. You might not have a spouse or family to take care of you. So insurance becomes even more critical to a divorcee. I'm not saying you should get it or you shouldn't get it. It's just something to consider and review. And it it is a piece of the financial planning puzzle that we definitely urge our clients to to review. So those are a couple of the things. And I don't know if that helps and speaks to. No, absolutely. No, that is helpful. And I think it it is important because that is something that with insurance is something that we don't necessarily it's not that we don't consider important, but I think there's some a mindset piece of, oh, I'm paying this, but I'm not using it, right? So it's like you're spending right. the money, but you're not using it, but you really don't want to use it <laughs> to an right. extent, right? Uh, so yeah. it's, I think it's definitely an important discussion uh, to have and something definitely to consider. So you mentioned your uh, financial inventory, uh, you'd be able to provide us or, you know, I'll I can provide a link uh, for those listening to get that. And also, since you have a specific resource for those that are going through a divorce, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So I I created an ebook that I'll offer your audience for free. Uh, It's called Picking Up the Pieces, A Divorcee's Guide to Financial Freedom. And it hones in on six or seven key areas uh, that are specific to divorcees on how to really move your life forward and and really 
better your financial situation. And so definitely there, there's some key resources in that Ooh, package. I love that. Uh, that personal is beautiful. Financial inventory <laughs> is one, and there's a couple others that are, there's some clickable links that you can download the PDFs inside of that ebook. So that's definitely available, and that's at bit.ly slash divorcees guide. Uh, but I'm sure you'll have the link in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been fantastic, Jason. I really appreciate all the golden nuggets you shared with us today. So as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because... Solving the financial planning puzzle can turn life's question marks into exclamation marks. You, yeah, I mean, you can't. You, you can take life head on and feel empowered to do so when you're in the state of financial flow versus living in a state of worry and apprehension. Love it. Well, this has been fantastic, Jason. I really appreciate your time and the knowledge that you shared with us today. Thank you, Jen. This was great. So what did you think? Pretty good information, right? I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy chatting with Jason. Now, I want to go a little deeper into that financial flow topic that he discussed because I absolutely loved it. But before we do, I wanted to give a quick shout out to someone in our community and it's actually from a review that we received. So For the person at Urban Flair Photography, thank you so much. Um, They gave a five-star review and it's called, the title goes, Good Useful Tips. And she mentions, I presume it's a she. You just, I don't know, maybe a he. (laughs) This person shared that there's a lot of great tips and that it's well put together. So I really appreciate that that you like the podcast, that you are finding it with some good, useful tips. Now, I haven't shared with you all that recently. I also received probably the, I think it's the first negative review that I received, uh, which was, which is quite, in, quite interesting. But so this made up for <laughs> the negative, the review, even though the negative one, um, it was obvious that this person only listened to one episode or two episodes where I was actually most more showcasing my fearless money sisterhood membership program, which yeah, it was a promotion and it was marketing, but there's other episodes that definitely don't do that. So moving on. So let's talk about financial flow, which I absolutely love that term. And I want to remind you that this flow is like being in the zone. It's a state where you feel peaceful with your financial situation. It's when you are clear on your vision, when you're clear on your values and actions that you need to take towards those financial goals. So I want to challenge you with something. I want you to Take right after this, um, listening to this episode, if you're not driving or if you're actually able to, but just make sure you take some time if it's not right after listening to this to where you, uh, maybe 10 minutes or so, write your vision for your financial life. It could be a few sentences. It could be a paragraph. It could be a page. However you want, you know, you choose, uh, write your values, write down your values, your most important values. And then write some actions that you need to take to reach 
that vision, those financial goals. So again, the challenge for you is to take five, 10 minutes out of your schedule, write your vision. Again, it could be a few sentences, a paragraph, a page. If you want to write a book about it, hey, feel free. And then write your values. Uh, what are your most important values? And what are some of those actions that you need to reach that vision, to, re to reach those financial goals? All right. Then the second part of the challenge is for five days, I want you to get in that zone. So what do I mean by that? So I want you to think about that vision that you wrote, the values that you, that are very important to you, uh, the actions that you wrote down that you need to take and whether to get in that zone, you can do it, whether it's meditating, if that's something that you do, whether it's praying, whether it's going for a walk or maybe when you're in the shower, uh, basically anything that you're doing where you have some time that you're not interrupted. So make sure it's uninterrupted time. All right. So again, whether it's meditating, praying, if you're going for a walk, especially if it's just you and nature, or maybe it's just you with some music at the gym, uh, maybe when you're in the shower, because sometimes we do our, the best thinking in the shower, do whatever it takes to think through and really feel that vision, really feel those values, really feel like what those actions are. And just take that time, take five, 10 minutes out of your day for the next five days to do that. See how that feels, see what shifts in you. And let me know what you get out of it. Maybe you get an aha moment. Maybe you just feel better. Maybe you sense no change. <laughs> I don't know what it is for you, but I would think you would definitely get some change out of it or an aha moment or feel better or feel more confident or feel inspired, feel motivated. And email me, email me that you do this. I am curious who will take me up on that. There's got to be at least one person. So if you're listening through to the end, and you're willing to do this five days, I challenge you to do this and email me and what came up for you? Uh, let me know. I'm very, very curious. So that's my challenge. So that is it. Next week on the podcast, we'll be chatting with Bola Sukumbo and we will be learning how big of an impact her upbringing, which is an interesting story, had on how she manages her money today. So I want to thank Jason Silverberg for being such a great guest, for sharing his story, for sharing all the great nuggets. And make sure you check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 112, as there's definitely some links uh, that you some resources for you that he's um, providing. So again, that's jenhemphill.com forward slash 112. So thanks again for joining me. And also, I'm curious to ask you, have you shared this podcast? I know from the growth, I know there's been some shares, but if you haven't and you have gotten some value and you are really enjoying it, it would mean the world to me if you shared either this episode or just this podcast in general. It's basically for me, it would be the biggest compliment and I would be just grateful. So thanks again for joining me and I will chat with you next Thursday. Thursday.